When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Amir. And this is also Amir. And you are listening to the You Don't Love Me podcast. Life from the perspective of a gay South Asian married couple. Enjoy! I'm sorry. For what? I'm sorry for my meltdown. What meltdown? Just minutes earlier. <laughs> Tell everyone about your meltdown then. I full on had a diva moment where I refused to record this podcast until eight hours later. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I'm really busy now. Then he was like, no, I'm no, going to do it. I just got a flurry of like emails and meetings and just, you know what it's like. And I was like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to move this. And then I was like, do you know what? Fuck this, fuck that. We're going to do this at this time. So. And also I was like, yeah, sure. And you were like, oh. And uh, we remain married to we this do. day. Hello, hello, hello. I like to say hello. Hi, hello. Hola, everyone. Hi, everyone. You know, I made that song up. It just sounds now. like this Bollywood song. I just hello, made it up right now. Hello, something, something. I can't remember it. But maybe well the done. essence and presence of Bollywood lies within me. What do you mean, maybe? You're South Asian. You it's got a, in my soul. You got a husband who loves Bollywood. You can't help but not be around it. It's in your destiny. It's in my destiny, honey. How are you, babe? Have me melt down in oh, life. Well, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really, really good. What I've realized is that I've got to be less of a diva. Wow, this got deep real quick. It did because I don't know. I'm just going through a weird phase in my life where like so much is happening and I'm trying to control so much, but I just have to realize that I'm going to have to let go of control. Ooh. And that that's, I think that's where part of diva dumb in the negative connotation comes from. How does that feel though? The idea that you have learned that you have to let go of some control and be nicer and positive. Well, that's the thing though, in letting go go of control you end up being nicer and you have to be nicer to people mm. so it's kind of like yes fine that's okay um and it's it's a reprogramming of the brain that's what it is so in being nicer oh this is going in an interesting direction right now yeah in, in being nicer um so when you have to be nice, where before, what were you like before, first of all? Well, usually it's like, hi, as per my last email, and have you done this? And is this happening? And let's get into this meeting. Let's jump in. You know, it's very corporate, very like... And that's in every facet of your life outside the corporate environment as well. Yes, absolutely. Whereas now it's kind of like, yes, we can do this at this time. And yep, we can move this around. And would you be able to sort this out? I absolutely love what you do. You are empowered to go ahead 
And it's like, say, for example, with my drag, right? Before it used to be like, I wake up early in the morning. I search for these clothes and costumes and I put them together. And now I have creative artists around me saying, we'd like to do this with you. Have you thought about X, Y, and Z sensibility as well? And the truth is I have. I just don't have time to execute it. And so I kind of go, do you know what? I'm going to trust your direction. And that is a big thing. Ooh. It really is. You, you, you put the control in other people's hands. I mean, I just had a queen today message saying, I'd love to do your makeup. And, you know, I'm not saying I have the best makeup in, in the world. I don't. But I, I'm like, oh. She's definitely she's defo a makeup queen. Oh, oh girl. Good luck working with this massive canvas that is my fucking face. <laughs> but, you know, it's like. But she's also a performer. But it's like. Say. Oh, so it's not going to be me doing it? Like, do you know what I mean? It's like... And that's new for you because it is. you have such control. Everyone's like, you have control of everything. It's so great. But what's, what's the power in letting go? Uh, oh, sorry. That was really deep. Yeah, it was really deep. I think the power in letting go is about... is all to do with effective leadership. Because the vision remains yours. Mm -hmm. You enlist support in executing it. So I think the power of letting go is to do with growth. That is that is the power within letting go. Oh, wow. It, it symbolizes your ability to grow. Now, I know somebody listening to this would take this in the literal sense, but I think it's more of a... <laughs> they always do, don't they? Yeah. And, and, and you know, God bless them, but it, it's more a case of an experience that you go through rather than... Um, people are going to think, what the fuck is he talking about? But... Trust me, it makes sense in my head. Yeah. As long as it makes sense to you. Then That's it, then all what matters. And, and the thing is, I, always, I, I need to always repeat, you know, when we are here giving out advice or when we're here discussing these things and stuff, we are not experts. We are not no. experts in the field. However, everyone has it inside them to gain this knowledge and advice. I think a great example of letting go is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, honey. Because it has got the guy's first and last name in the title. <laughs> But does he do his own makeup? No. Does he do his own hair? No. Does he make his own costumes? No. Does he shoot it in his basement? No. You know, is it a a, a, a bar or club of his choice? No. He's took it to the next level. But he has a, a, um, an army of creatives who are able to execute his vision. And I know that it's his vision because even when uh, RuPaul brought back his talk show... Um, for, as a pilot with Fox, um, I remember him walking through and he was like, yeah, this is how I'd imagined it. So you know it's his execution, his vision. So that I think um, that is effective leadership, regardless of what your personal opinions may be of RuPaul. Don't you just love it, though, when people are like, yeah, RuPaul's so problematic. It's like the worst thing <laughs> oh in the world. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, bless you. Oh, when they say, RuPaul's just so jealous of the other queens. I'm like, oh, my God, y'all don't realize RuPaul. And I'm going through a really, really crazy spiritual journey right now. Mm. RuPaul is so spiritual connected. Spiritual connect. Yeah, that's how your journey is I think going. I'm going to keep that in. Yeah, you keep RuPaul it RuPaul is so spiritually connected. And I'm getting it more and more and more when I'm when I'm reading these books, when I'm connecting, when I'm when I'm oh, changing yes. my mindset, when I'm when I'm separating my thoughts from me, when I'm doing all these things, I'm like, oh, he has cracked the code to life. He's cracked mm -hmm. the code to happy living. And he comes from a shitty background and shitty he, life. He's seen it for what it is. He's cracked the code, and I'm like, yes, I want to be there because it's the best place to be because you don't have to care. All these little people. I'm like, do you think RuPaul gives a shit about you? Well, you know, 
to the, today I actually haven't read his books and they are on my to-do list and I probably will read them this year actually but the reason why I didn't because they felt too powerful you have to and be that ready. sounds yeah it sounds bizarre but I just thought it would be pretty pictures and <laughs> it's sickening she don't didn't have no but it wasn't that and I was like how is she equating what she's done to these powerful realizations and I almost felt uncomfortable and I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to read this now. I don't know what compelled me, but it's interesting because uh, you're reading uh, Edouard, uh, Edgar Tolle's book right now. Oh yeah, The so, Power of Now. And it's Phenomenal. The person who was in the bookstore from where we bought it was recommending another one and, yes. uh, and he was like, yeah, it's amazing, it'll change your life. But he said he only had time to read half of it. Uh, and then life got in the way. And I thought, how profound. And there is a parallel between what happened with me and RuPaul's book. Sometimes there is a blockage that you have to get through before you're able to, you know, get to where you need to. You know, sometimes people are not ready to receive yes. this um, information. And I'm speaking from, I can only speak for myself. I wasn't ready for this information that I, I received this year. But every single person in the world has the power to gain this information and this enlightenment and to understand how the world and the universe truly works and then create their own world and universe and reality and, and, and strive for happiness like RuPaul has. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, hi, everyone. Welcome, oh, to, the, <laughs> welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast. I'd love to do some episodes in the future about spirituality, though. Oh, I think... That's when stuff finished reading these books and stuff. That's on the cards. I think all of them will have an element of spirituality. I do. I think I've changed a lot. So, yeah. Watch oh, out. you've transformed. It's night and day with it's you. scary, isn't it? I don't know who you are anymore. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, hello, everyone. And Hi. welcome to the You Don't Love Me Boys podcast with your host, yeah. me and me. Yes, me and me, Amir and Amir. Or Amir and, and Amir, if that's what you fancy. Thank you so much for all the love. I really enjoyed last uh, the last episode, and it seems like a lot of people <sighs> loved it as well. God, they, these it's podcasts are blowing up right now. Yeah. Thank you. The queens turned up. They turned They're like, up. Mm, let's see what they're saying about us. <laughs> that, that, in my head, that's how every queen speaks like. Even though literally nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about yourself as well. Yeah, just me. Oh, honey. What are you singing for us today, babe? I'm sorry. Oh. I, I sort of distracted all this episode because I wanted to make it about me for a moment. Ten minutes in and I haven't even sung yet. Honey, wow. I this song request came in. We're getting a lot of song requests right now. Are we? Yeah. Oh, wow. So this came in okay. um, from an anon... Uh, I don't know who they are. Oh, I know who they are. Oh, okay. You know I know who they are. they are and I love them very much. Um, but yes, this... Thank you so much for your positive feedback on me singing. I do like to sing. This song is called Afreen Afreen, which I believe originally was sung by Nusrat Fateli Khan. Uh, and this is sung by his nephew, Rahat Fateli Khan, this uh, iteration of it. And it's kind of the tonality of it. Oh, we can talk about Come it on tonality. We can talk about that afterwards. Uh, but here goes. <clears throat> Let's start this off. I don't know why I went... <clears throat> <laughs> ऐसा देखा नहीं खूबसूरत कोई जिस्म जैसे अजंता की मूरत कोई जिस्म जैसे निगाहों पे जादू कोई जिस्म नगमा कोई जिस्म खुशबू कोई जिस्म जैसे महकती हुई चांदनी जिस्म जैसे मचलती हुई रागनी जिस्म जैसे के खिलता हुआ एक चमन 
जिसम जैसे के सूरज की पहली किरण जिसम तरशा हुआ दिल कशो दिल नशी संदली संदली मरमरी मरमरी हुसने जाना की तारीफ मुमकिन नहीं हुसन न जाना की तारीफ मुमकिन नहीं आफरी 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 तू भी देखे अगर तो कहे हम नशी आफरी 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 हुसने जाना की तारीफ मुमकिन नहीं Honestly, frankly, I uh-huh. never thought you'd get here. I really I really didn't because um I, you you didn't used to think like this before, did no, you? No, my whole mindset this year and it keeps evolving and changing in the right direction is changing again like all the time. And also all the time I'm viewing the world genuinely I'm viewing the world through brand new eyes and brand new mind and it's fucking incredible. And I think I know you said that you're exploring your inner child but I think you've missed a step there and and I think that you have finally managed to reestablish a connection with your inner child. Oh yeah, okay, I like that way because we spoke about this before I said, you know, this was here before when I was younger and then it got lost in the carnage of my upbringing and, you know, all the bad shit and the world and society and now I've managed to reestablish that connection again. And it's magical. And I do feel a lot of people say that they've re- they've got that connection but I I don't see it in them. because I, i'm now walking around every day with so much wonder so much joy smiling taking in every moment and really living in the now not the present i mean not the sorry not the past not the future like the now oh absolutely and you know my dad in between kicking me out and being a homophobe used to say to me <laughs> he used to say to me never let anybody kill your inner child and i feel like he used to hint at my mum when he would say that oh, wow. you know he he was somebody who did have an established connection with his with his inner child despite the demons that surround him do you think your inner child growing up was there or not 
Or do you think someone tried to take it away from you or beat it out of you? No, I think I, I, that's one thing which I took away from my father. When did he say it to you? Um, a fair few times, even in my teenage years, yeah. even in my early 20s. I was always... I, I, actually, I think you're right. I think maybe at times my inner child did waver and it wasn't there and I was too encompassed in the chaos of well this needs to be done and this needs to be established and further as per my last email and all you know all that jazz and jargon and those pressures and targets that you have i think a part of my inner child was lost but i think it was i think i was still aware of the fact that i had an inner child but i i think i wasn't honest to it i think only last year did i establish a very honest connection with my inner child and I asked it as to what does it want and what I realized was that it was extremely afraid oh wow yeah so you asked your inner child what it wants and it was afraid and how did you get get through that you have to be honest with your inner child your inner child RuPaul says it on his podcast and thank god this information is license free otherwise I'd be sued <laughs> but you have to in fact it happened to me I was on a on my way to a gig in uh, Cardiff shout out to Cardiff love performing there and I was listening to uh, RuPaul's podcast with Michelle and they were talking about inner child and I was going through therapy at that time uh, and I was reading a self help book as well so it was all these pieces coming together and I had an emotional response to the point where I wanted to stop driving because I felt like everything was all my systems were shutting down I can't believe what was being said because it applied to me um, completely and then I sort of had this out-of-body experience where I established a connection with my inner child and I said what is it that you want and then I realized, almost like a voice, I suppose, I realized that it, it was afraid. It was afraid of what it had gone through growing up, what it had been through, and it was afraid that it was going to happen again. And I realized that I was continuously putting it in danger by trying to go back to those places. Oh, wow. And it needed reassurance that the adult that I had become would take care of that inner child. And if you like... You have done that. Yes, absolutely. And at that point, I was like, yes, I'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think it was entirely honest um, because I felt the dishonesty. Oh, wow. And so Do you feel now, like a lot of people are like that? I, I, think, I, I think people aren't even ready um, to acknowledge that they have an inner child. Mm. I think some people are really far off. I agree. Um, I think their actions um, have direct consequences on themselves. So, mm. you know, if, say, for example, you, their childhood, they ha- have had a lot of trauma, um, they just tend to pass it on or they tend to um, allow it to shape their personality mm-hmm. where rather than breaking that cycle and truly exploring and understanding who you are as a person and what you want, I think that's quite profound. Mm, I guess it's, it, for a lot of people, um, your, your trauma of your upbringing... Um, yeah will can or will become your only soul personality when you're older so if you are letting go of that it's scary because like what are you you have to then not blame everyone else around you even though people are being shitty to you let's be honest oh yeah even though people are being shitty to you 
you know, it's, for, for me, I realized one moment, and sorry to like in, interrupt, but it's you didn't thinking. at all. I went oh. through a massive <laughs> 10 minute man- <laughs> monologue. You. Go ahead. Um, you know, when I realized, I was like, oh, so my biological father left when I was a kid, and I used to be like, oh my God, he did that to me. I'm like, he didn't do anything to me. Yeah. He didn't, he, that wasn't to me. Like, his thought wasn't to be horrible to me. Mm. I have no touch with him now, by the way. It's not like we're BFF or anything. Yeah. But like looking at it objectively, I'm like, oh my God, he didn't do that to me. He did that because he was an alcoholic, a drug addict. He didn't want a kid. He didn't want to get married. He was forced into a marriage. He was forced to come over to this country. It was a really shitty situation. On his own. On his own. No, I think about it, you know, on yeah. his own to get married to someone 12 years younger than him. And that, that was, when you really put it like that and break it down, I'm like, well, yeah, duh. Of course, when he has a kid, he's going to fuck off because yeah. how is he going to be able to handle a kid? That's way too much. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't an attack on me. It, no. was, it wasn't all. It was his own thing and it's even an attack on himself or he was dealing with his own stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, then cool. He was on a journey on yeah, his he own. Was on, and everyone's on their own journey, you know? I remember RuPaul talking about a profound memory that um, a lot of trauma comes back to and, and that is him I think waiting all day for his dad to come because mm. his dad said that he, he they would hang out because I think they his mom and uh, his dad split up when they were young yeah and he said that a lot of the hurt came from that and then he went to a psychic who said that you two had known each other in a past life and in actual fact RuPaul was kind of recognizing that and he was like hey what's going on you know let's dance let's play together let's interact and stuff but his dad would completely shut off. And then he realized that he was going through his own thing and Rue was going through his own thing. And now what's even more interesting is that, um, and he said it in a very clever way, mm. uh, he spoke about how his dad came back into his life, but he said money changes things. Oh, honey, doesn't it? Um, and, that, and I thought that was quite profound. I thought that was really, really interesting. But, you know, uh, that... Uh, you know, I'm sorry that you went through that experience, but it is important to know that, you know, you didn't do anything oh, wrong. Oh, yeah, I know. It, it wasn't your fault. These things happened. Oh, yeah. The thing is, you know, but yeah, I'm I, in such a place right now where I, I, my past doesn't um, affect my present. And yes. I, I'm not trying to strive for this unattainable future or anything, you know? Mm. I'm just living in the present. And also, like, my, the past doesn't define who I am. I define who I am in this moment by the way I, I'm with people, the way I behave, the way I see the world, what I choose my thoughts to be, what I choose my feeling to be, what I choose to do every day, how, you know, everything, you know, and not wasting what I like to call, well, well, not I like to call, I can steal from that book, psychological time. I'm not wasting psychological time yeah. on this stuff. I've had my therapy. I've, I feel great and I'm not wasting my psychological time. And on that note of time, I think we should take a little break. I think we should take a little and break And then delve as well. into some deep shit. But before we take a break, I just quickly want to say one thing that um, it's, it's quite interesting you say that because I think that there is a very obvious distinction between rebellion, escape and actual enlightenment because you don't actually have to go too far to have that enlightenment that uh, you know you you said you're in a place where your past is not casting a shadow on your present mm -hmm. or future that is really profound because people often find themselves having to travel halfway across the world in order for that to happen it's all inside you right here so that that is really 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 profound actually so um on that note yes let's take a break and we are going to be right back from a word from our sponsors 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. Hello, is my enlightened bean here? Oh, you, why do you call me that? Because you're a bean. I know. And also it's from that TikTok. <laughs> oh, God. Would you like some steamed, steamed beans? beans? Oh, my God, get out. <laughs> do you know what? When you said speaking about, you know, traveling and all that stuff. So uh, a moment where I realized that, you know, my inner child was exploring and I was happy is this time when, we went, um, when I took you away for your birthday to Amsterdam. Yes. And, um, oh, Amsterdam. That's a powerful place. It is. But what I realized was, you know, we're here living in Manchester. My happiness didn't increase or decrease over there. It remained the same when I was traveling. And, you know, when we used to travel or even when I used to travel or anything, it used to always be, oh, it's an escape. It's an escape from the unhappiness that I'm in right now. And it's the only time that I would acknowledge the unhappiness. Mm. It's an escape. I said, hi, it's so well. But I didn't feel it. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to Amsterdam. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, we're back in Manchester. Oh, this is fantastic. Mm. It, it was very that. And in that moment, I was like, oh, shit. I'm experiencing happiness every day, all the time. Yes. And I'm looking and I'm constantly, it's emotional when I think about it, I'm constantly seeing my childhood tiny self. And I'm like, I did this for you. Oh, wow. I did this. Like, oh my God, I could cry. It's like, oh my God, look. You know what everyone's saying? It's like, oh my God, I'm 30. I'm an adult. I'm in this place. I, 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 I did it. I became an adult. I managed to do it for that child that had all the lightness and fun. And it was taken away from them through the carnage of, of the upbringing. But I managed mm. to do it. And it, it's, it, it's sort of a, a, a magical, a, a real magical thing. Because when I do look back at my upbringing, and now I was saying this to you, you know, uh, at, at the same time as my upbringing being, you know, traumatic and really bad, it was really good as well. Yeah. They, 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 they both existed, you and know? You, and you said that it's interesting when you work through the trauma, um, you actually start remembering the yeah. good parts. And, and that's great, really, really it's interesting. It's great because I'm like, oh my God. You know, at the same time as me learn, trying to learn um, um, Namaz Sabak, um prayers yes. and getting hit for doing it wrong. Yeah. At the same time as that, we used to have X-Factor nights at home and it was magical. Yeah. That, that existed in yeah. the same, that makes no sense. And, and, and you know, that, that complete, you know, juxtaposition, so to speak, mm. you know, you love that word. It makes zero zero sense at all, but I've started to make sense of it. You know, at, at the same time as um, me struggling so much with so much manipulation and control that I didn't even recognize till I was old. Mm. At the same time as all of that, um, I was having a, a ball getting like a present on my birthday. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like and playing outside, and these things all existed, and, it, and it's wild. And you know, it's making you know. I ask you for you. Is there like a, a childhood feeling or memory that's so good that sticks with you now? Or that you can remember like, that oh, was such a good moment or such a good feeling and it was great. See, for me, I think recently I've started to make a connection with the child that I was as well. Mm. And the first conscious memory that I have 
it was almost like a whisper. It the the first I I remember the first conscious memory that I have that said you've arrived. This is who you are. Where I knew who I was, and that was when I was. It was a summer day, and I was on my own playing with some bit of carpet or something in our um, guest room. How, how old would you say you were? Room four. Okay. Maybe? Okay. Four. So delve into that school age. And I could see my siblings playing on my noddy car, riding it together up and down the slope of our street. Oh, that street. And I remember looking at them going, they're happy. I don't want to do that. And and I've reconnected with that innocent, creative, kind and playful individual. And I think through therapy, what I've realized is that those people... Um, who are supposed to be your caretakers and your nurturers and your sources of love. Yes, they're human and they make mistakes. That that aside, it is possible for somebody to raise you with not the intention of loving you. 100%. Or at the very least, not loving you the way that you deserve to be loved and want mm-hmm. to be loved. Uh, and that was a very difficult realization. Having that funeral for my childhood Mm. was a very difficult realization. However, I've managed to reestablish a connection to that very start and I'm able to continue the story from there onwards. I think so many people get caught up in the trauma and they think that going to see a therapist and talking about the trauma is sufficient. You will feel an offload because you've offloaded onto somebody else and then I, I, I feel a lot of people drop out at that point mm. or they feel like that is the work done. But really, all what you've done is shown somebody your wound. It needs to be cleaned before it can heal. And oh, my God, is that painful? Because ooh, 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 you got to break down that fucking ego as well. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I might find myself in this situation again where, you know, there's more work to be done or I need a tune up or a checkup or something. But. You know, I'm that that was the that was my sort of happiest memory is when I came into consciousness. Wow, that, um, I picked up from. I yeah. love that because recently we did we did share with each other like our first memory of ourselves when we were in Amsterdam, and that was really interesting. My first memory was that oh, I think I was about. It was so weird because I wasn't that young, but I see myself as that young. So when we when I moved out my grandma's to the council estate with with my mom, I was about three. Mm. But I was told I was around three. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's interesting. Two or three. But I just see a kid that's a toddler, like one and a half probably, in a pushchair by himself in the middle of a room with no furniture. And it's the exact living room that I was, you know, in the living space. Hmm. Porcelain skin, brown curly hair. And I'm looking into that kid and that kid knows I'm by myself. Wow. This is me. And it's not... Before I would say me against the world, it's not against anyone. I'm not against anyone. No, you know, and isn't that that was the angst me when I was growing up? Oh yeah, fuck everyone and me against the world and blah, blah. I was like, you know, you can not give a fuck, but you don't have to say that. Yeah, you know, uh, people that truly don't give a fuck don't continue to say that I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Show me, don't you, tell you, me. You know, and it, it's uh, it's just in the way way that they are. They're being like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, it's just in their being and their natural essence and presence. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's just me. And I'm going to go on this trip of life and it's going to be crazy. And I've got to protect myself. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I, I knew that from a very young age. And it's, you know, I can, I can in, in one sense, get very frustrated at myself <laughs> as a baby, as a kid. That I didn't stick with that. Mm. And on the other side, I can be like, wow, well done for getting out of what you got out of because, you know, you went through a lot of carnage. Well, if you believe in the theory of the multiverse... I do. In one universe, you did. Mm-hmm. In one universe, you continued. Yeah. In that it, vein. Oh, yeah. And maybe you're reestablishing a connection to the one where you did. Well, there you go. Who and, knows? you know, like I said, <laughs> at the same time as having an interesting upbringing, it was good as well, and it was bad. And Isn't it, was, it, it interesting was, it, you're everything. able to laugh about it now? Where you're like, that was interesting. Yeah, it was, because the thing is... It, 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 I, it the reason why you're able to is because tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. Trauma plus time equals equals comedy. And your inner child, I would argue, knows that you are safe. The adult within you will not allow you, i.e. your inner child, to be exposed to those places and to those situations ever again. Mm. And so your child, inner child is not playing up. It's like, okay, I'm cool. Oh, do you know what? That was, then that's the reason why you're able to laugh about it. For me, I kept toying with this idea of like, oh, I need to go back or do I need to? Or what about this person? What about this cousin? And did I do the right thing? Was I horrible? And blah, blah, blah. And my inner child was wreaking havoc. It was like, are you fucking insane? Why would you want to go somewhere that makes you want to kill yourself? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so when I was like, yeah, we're not doing that, love. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the, and then the, the day that I established that connection, the next day I had a dream. And I had a dream that I was playing with this baby elephant and I was taking care of it. And it was green and looking really down and out. And it was cold. And as I was nurturing it, and, I, and we all we ended up at Manchester Pride and everyone was looking at it like, you know, as if it's a child going, oh, that, look how amazing, blah, blah, blah. And it turned its gray color and it was thriving. And I swear it got on one of the floats as well. And I was playing with it like you would with a, a, with a puppy or a dog or a small <laughs> child. Um, and elephants are my favorite animals. Mm -hmm. So I thought you. that was really profound. I felt like that was my inner child. You are an elephant. I am an effluent, yeah. Effluent, effluent, effluent. <laughs> but it, it, it's, so, it's so intriguing, you know, hearing that. And, you know, I, I want to ask the question. Um, you know, stepping out of the, this feeling and emotion, if you look back to your childhood, this is a heavy question, by the way. Okay. Um, overall, and don't ask me a moment, overall, what would you say was the hardest thing about growing up? And why was it the hardest? The hardest thing about growing up was not being For true. you personally, by the way. Yes, the hardest thing about growing up was not being true to myself. Mm -hmm. For me, I was and will always be a creative individual. My true calling, I've always felt, is to entertain and to be entertained and have fun doing it. My true calling is to sit at the edge of society <laughs> and show people my perspective of what it is. My true calling is not becoming becoming a biomedical scientist. My true calling is not going to the mosque. My true calling is not believing in a God that will potentially punish you for doing certain things and not certain things. You know, I think there's certain fundamental rules that one follows. Yeah, that's absolutely fine that we create uh, as a society. But 
you know, uh, my true calling was not organized religion, for example. Mm. And, you know, I've got to that point where I've realized that my parents used it to um, justify their abuse. And you have good and people in all religions. And I don't have anything particularly against the religions, but it just isn't for me. So I think my darkest memory was not being able to be who I am and at times being exploited for who I was, which was a sweet, sensitive kid. Mm, you know? That's really profound saying that as and, well. And so now as an adult, I am able to take care of that sweet, sensitive kid and allow it to continue to thrive. And I truly believe that is what is helping me achieve my hopes, goals, and dreams. Of course. And what's really interesting is now you've gone to, you know, gone, you've gone through therapy and you, you've gone to a certain place. Yes. Um, I feel that uh, when you say, oh, an average person would say the worst thing was when I got beaten up by my mom yeah. when this happened. You're, you're not, it's not even about that anymore. No. You're, no. you're actually, because you're recognizing all those exterior things of people playing with you physically, emotionally, mentally, all of those actually encompasses in you not being able to be yourself. Yeah. That, that's what it all comes in. And that's yeah. the worst thing. You know, if you can be yourself, but you get a slap, that's different to everything else and not being yourself, you know? And that's yeah. probably the worst thing. A hundred percent. You know, if you, if you see life as a stage and as a theater and as a performance, you are able to step out of your body and oh, look at it. Every day. And see the characters that come in and out and what is actually going on rather than getting involved in the granular. You know, sometimes even at workplaces when colleagues and works are, uh, colleagues and people are putting unrealistic expectations on you or putting the pressure on you. I think half the time it's because they're going through shit themselves. Oh, yeah. And they just need an outlet to play up. <laughs> and to act up um, but what about you fine. what the question that you asked me yeah. if i was to ask you the same question what would you say so what's really interesting about this question first of all is if you asked me this two months ago it'd be a different answer four mm. months ago a mm. year ago five years ago it'd be way different at this moment in time because it might yeah. be different in a year um at this moment in time what i'd say the worst thing about growing up was for me um, uh, besides the horribleness of <laughs> everything that we've discussed yeah. on the podcast before, um, was having to continuously fight to be me. Oh, okay. So for me, I, I do feel like I continuously pushed to be myself. I, continue, I continuously pushed for my freedom to go where I wanted to go, to look how I wanted to look, to be who I wanted to be. You know, to the point where I met you and you're like, oh my God, what is this enigma? Yes. You know what I mean? This confidence. The you know, light. I, but that was the hardest thing. It was always like, okay, imagine like a kid at five. Oh my God, I'm myself now. Okay, you're not yourself. You're not allowed to be. And I've got to push through this next thing. Okay, okay now I've got to push through this next. Now, now, I've got, now I've got to push through another thing. That was the hardest thing growing up. You yeah. know, it was continuously pushing through to just be able to breathe, live and be myself. And when, when I look back, I'm like, did I do it? Did I not do it? But then I, then, then I remind myself... Amri, you don't need you don't need to look back and question whether you did it or not. Look, think about the present, the now, mm. right now. Don't, don't, what's the point? That's done now. That's in another multiverse. That's in another lifetime. That's in another um, you know someone else's plan. Like yeah. right now, I'm doing it, and that's the most important thing. But now I don't have to fight to be me. I am me. Yeah. I just exist being me. I don't have to think about who I. Am. I don't have to think about ooh, well you know who is me. I. Me being is myself. I don't need to push any aesthetic. I don't need to push how I look. I don't need to push anything. I can just comfortably do what I want to do when I want to do it. And for me, the hardest thing growing up was having to fight against 
family, society, our Bradford Keithley, Isn't the people. The fight was the hardest thing. I re because I refused not to be me, and I do think, and there's not, I do think I'm I'm a unique individual like that because many people um, and people I know now just succumb to it, especially through South Asia, they just succumb to it. It didn't mean I was out and clip clapping everywhere. It was just I, I kept fighting. That's I, I, really I, I, interesting. I kept fighting. How how interesting that you no longer have to, or you no longer feel the need to be able to. Uh, you no longer feel the need to have to fight for who you are and you are no longer in a position where people are stopping you from being who you are. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm really proud of, of you for that. But isn't it interesting that it gives the term living your true authentic self a whole other meaning? Oh, honey. It is not just about nail polish and no. queer joy no. and any sort of it's not just that and it's you know as far as drag is concerned it's definitely it's so much more than just the wig and the padding isn't it oh yeah living your true authentic self means a lot more i think living a your lot, true authentic, authentic self now <clears throat> so what i'm finding is um especially our community the lgbtq plus community and maybe other communities mm. might be doing this as well i just don't know because i'm not part, i'm not in those communities yes. so i can't speak for them you know the true authentic self has been about um self expression in terms of clothes and makeup now mm -hmm. for for me that's really intriguing uh, especially coming from an, an, an emo rock background where the gigs that i used to go to everyone was kitted out in makeup and you know slick clothes and mosher this and blah 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 and i was like okay yeah nail polish eyeliner whatever i used to do that since I was a kid, yeah. you know, and that's just normal. And when we come from a South Asian culture and you see how um, stereotypically in society feminine our clothing is, I mean, the jewelry, the, no, the, 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 the South skirt, Asian uh, culture is camp. You, you know, it's campus book. So like it, it's very, we have a very, very unique viewpoint. We have a very new, new, unique viewpoint that people can't see. So when everyone's saying be the true authentic self is a lot about the outward, I disagree completely. Mm. I think being your true authentic self is finding who you are inside. It's nurturing that inner child and figuring out what that inner child wants. What is it that feeds the soul of that inner child of you besides the exterior, besides what you look like on the outside? Because this is just your vessel, your being that you're going to live your spirit through in this life. Mm. You know, so figure it out. And everyone's got the power to do it. Now, I think we are heading towards the end of this episode, but I did just want to briefly talk a little bit about Amsterdam. You mentioned Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, honey. We, we didn't had, talk about Amsterdam at All Stars. We had, uh, oh, yeah, we were going to talk about it's All Stars. It's all right. Stars. So we've got time. But maybe we'll have a part two of this Ooh, episode. Who knows? But um, I did want to mention Amsterdam because Amsterdam is a weird and wonderful, magical place. And I... I don't think many people see it as that. I think most people see it as a stag do place or you go and, you know, you click a, a picture at the Instagrammable coffee shops. And I think some people go there in the hopes of feeling something. People are dead there. Or maybe some sort of escape, mm -hmm. uh, particularly when you're getting high or, mm -hmm. or something because you're, you're hoping to be taken to another realm. But I... But Amsterdam reminded me of this poem, and I've read it on oh, the podcast wow. before, uh, and I read it to you when we were in, in Amsterdam as yeah. well. So I'd love to read it. Go for it. I, I, it's in Urdu, so I'm going to read it in Urdu, and then I'm going to read it in English as wow. well. And it's by my favorite Urdu poet, which is Fez Ahmed Fez. Oh, yeah. And it goes a little something like this. Mujse pehli si mohabbat mere mehboob na maang. Mene samjata ki tu hai tu darakshah hai hayat. तेरा गम है तो गमे दहर का झगड़ा क्या है तेरी सूरत से है आलम में बहारों को शबाब तेरी आंखों के सिवा दुनिया में रखा क्या है तू जो मिल जाए तो तकदीर निगू हो जाए 
یوں نہ تھا میں نے فقط چاہا تھا کھو جائے اور بھی دکھ ہے زمانے میں محبت کے سوا راحتیں اور بھی ہیں وصل کی راحت کے سوا ان گنت صدیوں کے تاریخ پیمانہ تلسم ریشم و اطلس و کم خواب میں بنوائے ہوئے جا بجا بکتے ہوئے کوچوں بازاروں میں جسم خاک میں لتھڑے ہوئے خون میں نہلائے ہوئے جسم نکلے ہوئے امراض کے تانوروں سے پیپ بہتی ہوئی گلتے ہوئے ناسوروں سے لوٹ جاتی ہے ادھر کو بھی نظر کیا کیجئے اب بھی دلکش ہے تیرا حسن مگر کیا کیجئے اور بھی دکھ ہے زمانے میں محبت کے سوا راحتیں اور بھی ہیں وسط کی راحت کے سوا مجھ سے پہلی سی محبت میرے محبوب نہ مانگ ناؤ I'd like to read the translation yeah. of it. By the way, can we just talk about how I just slayed that language? That was sickening. Well done. Oh. <laughs> so the, the translation goes a little something like this. Don't ask me now, beloved, for that love of other days. What I thought since you were, life would always scintillate. That love's pain being mine, the world's pain I could despise. That your beauty lastness to the spring would denote. That nothing in the world was of worth but your eyes. Were you to be mine, fate would bow low before me. It was not so. It was only my wish that it were so. Other pains exist than those that love brings. Other joys than those of low lovers mingling. Dark, fearful talisman come down the centuries, woven in silk and dam- damask and cloth of gold. Bodies are everywhere in streets sold, covered with dust, all their wounds bleeding. Bodies that have passed through the furnace of ills with putrid ulcers which their humor spills. How can I but turn my eyes sometimes that way? Your beauty is still ravishing, what can I say? Other pains exist than those that love brings. Other joys than those of lovers mingling. Don't ask me now, beloved, for that love of other days. Wow. Why, why, why this? So, what really struck me was... that I feel Amsterdam is this crossroads where you can choose exactly who you want to be. Mm. Do you want to be that Instagrammable person who takes pleasure in the notoriety of taking a generally illegal substance such as cannabis? Mm-hmm. Do you want to indulge in pleasures of the flesh? Mm-hmm. You know where to go. Or do you want to go on a path and road of enlightenment? And see what it's really about. And see what it really is about. And if you see Amsterdam, my God, Amsterdam is heaving. Ooh. And the, people are literally crisscrossing. And it always fascinates me whenever we've been. I'm like, which way are you going? Which way are you going? Which way am I going? And it's this constant... Um, madness it's it's almost like atoms that have been excited and they start there's a frenzy going mm-hmm. around and so when i read this poem it reminds me of you know it, 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 he's saying you know don't make me think of uh, other days where there were other happinesses and i feel like though that other happiness is the truth and this person has been doled down by reality and mm-hmm. life but he still knows that the betterness exists. And, I, and, and when I was in Amsterdam, the poem, it really did remind me of that poem because I think Amsterdam is that, Amsterdam is that place, particularly the tourist area where it's almost like laughing at society. It's like, what do you want to do? 
do you want to momentarily ignore and do you want to actually really be plugged in or do you want to be at the very same place but be somewhere that's completely else mm. completely elsewhere so yeah it was really interesting that's very intriguing okay <laughs> i would love to talk about that more <laughs> but you've got to edit this podcast but, yeah, you? yeah 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 <laughs> and um, let's wrap it up and I really enjoyed this podcast episode. It's been one of the better I ones, hasn't it? I would say, I think it's one of my favorite ones that we've ever done. I feel Ooh. like I've got to share this. Um, I feel like I've died and I've been reborn again. And I've got to share this a bit with some of the people. And I think there's a lot more to share with people. Oh, honey, I think this podcast might be taking some interesting directions. I think it's, uh, yes, this is the the intersectionality. This is the crossroads <laughs> that you're taking. This is what you're taken. asking for, the bitch. <laughs> I'm still crazy. Love you lots. Love you all. And uh, yeah, let us know how we did. Like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. And uh, Thank you yeah. so much for listening. See you on the next episode. Mwah. Bye. Goodbye. Amsterdam. Thank you for listening to the You Don't Love Me podcast with Amir and Amir. For all the latest happenings, you can follow us on Instagram at You Don't Love Me Boys. That is at You Don't Love Me Boys. 